That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the clean skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, the show that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. My name is Lauren McGoodwin, and I am the CEO and founder of Career Contessa. Double dipping is a new career trend in which employees balance two jobs at once. Over the pandemic, this trend has become increasingly popular as people experience layoffs, downsizes, or loss of health insurance. But how sustainable is having two jobs? I interviewed two anonymous employees who are living the double dipping lifestyle to hear about what made them take on two jobs how they manage both jobs, when they have time to sleep, and much more. So if you've ever contemplated taking on two or more jobs at once, stay tuned. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. My first question to the double dippers was, what led you to take on that second job? Our first double dipper, let's call her Jessica, felt hopeless after she was left unemployed due to the pandemic. Here's how she went from zero jobs to two jobs. I worked in education and I had a natural transition out of my role. I was going into a different role with a different education group. But then when COVID hit, all of those offers came off the table because all the budgets got frozen. So I ended up unemployed in the middle of the school year, you know, and nobody was hiring. So I was unemployed for about five months. And I just kind of put feelers out everywhere that I could. Um, and I ended up getting the job with HR at a totally, in a totally different field. And it was an in-person job and it was a night shift job. And I'm a night owl naturally. So I was like, yeah, this is great. Like everything's closed down. This is a job. You need a job. So I, I went ahead and took that job. 
Um, and then, you know, getting into that job about, I guess, eight weeks in, some of the other folks that I had put out feelers for kind of started coming back and saying, hey, our budgets are opening up a bit. The job looks a little different. It's going to be remote. Are you still interested? And so at that point, I was working, my shift was a little bit on the weekend and then a little bit through the week. Um, so I had some flex time on days where like there were whole regular weekdays that I didn't work for the in-person job. And so I went ahead and I took that remote job during the day. So I would work the in-person job at night from four in the afternoon till about two in the morning. I would commute home, take a quick nap. I don't need that much sleep. So four to five hours, I would wake up, I would work my remote job. And so when you add it all together, I basically was on and awake from like eight or nine a.m. until about two or three a.m. And then I had fully... Saturday off and then Sunday morning off. Um, so I would work an 88 hour work week. And then, you know, the tough part is you, you don't have that much time off. But, you know, I, I think I took this job as a balance thinking like, oh, it's a hard time to leave the in-person job. So I'll take this remote job now and then I'll transition out of it in a month or so when, when I'm not going to leave anyone in a lurch. But then I was actually able to do it. Um, And so I I ended up keeping it. um, And it's been about a year and a half of working two jobs. Our second double dipper, we'll call her Sarah, had a different story. She was working full time at a recruiting agency when a company reached out to her. This is what she had to say about how she became a double dipper. My team at the recruiting agency is, is definitely very small. It's just two of us at this point um, overseeing all marketing. So that I'd say I work around between 40 to 50 hours a week. So a little over full time, honestly. And that has happened just that additional hour. Yeah, just additional hours since COVID because of our team shrunk a bit because of layoffs, things like that. And so I took on extra hours and additional tasks with that. And so about... I'd say just over a year ago, August of um, 2020, um, this golf e-commerce company reached out to me via LinkedIn. And um, it was kind of just an anonymous, you know, random message saying, hey, we like your background and email specifically. Do you think that you would be open to having a conversation about helping us more so with email and kind of repositioning us to, you know, sell more via that channel? And so I met with them and that I would say I do about 40 to 50 hours a month. So it's still, you know, pretty, it's a good amount of work, (laughs) Uh, but I do try to keep it like within the week and they are both remote fully for my full-time job. I don't believe we'll be going back. Some people will be going back. The marketing team will be staying remote. And then for the um, golf e-commerce company, that is also full remote for the future. So we've heard how Jessica and Sarah came to have two jobs, but I wanted to learn more about their reasoning. Why double dip? Doesn't that just sound like way more stress and work in your life? For Jessica, it was a feeling of scarcity. I think that I I considered even trying to juggle the two jobs, probably from a feeling of like scarcity. Like I had never been unemployed for five months. You know, I went through all my savings. I was basically in the red. And so I think there was definitely a feeling of like, I've got to get back to a safe place and I've got to make sure I have a sure thing. And so I think, you know, a lot of it was that unemployment. And then I also think that like when it started working, I was like, well, why not? You know, like COVID has shut everything down. Like I'm up late anyway. What, why am I not making hay while the sun shines? Uh, so kind of just a, an opportunist sort of feeling. For Sarah, it was more of a question of why not double dip? A dual income was well worth it for her. It just kind of happened 
naturally. Um, I definitely was not looking for additional work. It had crossed my mind because my skill set, I feel, is obviously like very digitally focused. I can work from home. I can kind of quote double dip if needed, but it hadn't really crossed my mind yet. Um, and so when they reached out, I kind of they didn't necessarily set expectations. It was just like, hey, we'd like you to help with things like email and whatever else you're interested in. And so with that, I was kind of able to. I guess, restructure my day to make it work for both. Remote working definitely made it easier in that sense. And then obviously the added bonus of having essentially a dual income was a a big plus. And for me, the golf company uses Toggle, which is like a time tracking app. And so it's really, they're not, definitely not micromanaging. It's basically up to me to be like, okay, I'd like to do this. I'd like to work this many hours. And then I I can do that. So that is what led me to it. It was not planned. And I've definitely just kind of stuck with it. And with that, I'd say I started doing probably like seven to 10 hours a month. And then in the last six months or so, really bumped that up to between the 48 to 50 hours a month. So it's definitely increased, but that's kind of on my, my own doing. Sarah's partner, who works a lot, also inspires her to keep her second job. I see him working a lot. I'm like, okay, I can work more, which probably isn't like the healthiest mindset, but I, I see it as like, okay, I'm not doing anything else. I might as well work. And I think that definitely with COVID, like I think during like the thick of COVID, I was working definitely an unhealthy amount where it's like, I just wasn't stopping. It was every night until 11 or 12. And I think from that, I'm like, okay, this is too much. But now I found like a sweet spot where I'm like, for me, this is worth it. The money from the side hustle isn't life-changing, but it's definitely you know, like it, it covers my rent. So like, that's a plus where I'm like, okay, I can have a full-time job and, you know, save that or do whatever I'm going to do with that. And then have this quote side hustle that allows me to kind of be even more flexible. So I think it really depends on what you value most for me. I obviously do value free time. We're able to take vacations. I'm able to utilize my weekends, but the week, you know, being Monday through Friday for me, like why not work is just kind of how I see it, which I still have time. I always go for a walk during the day, like things like that, where I'm like, I need to prioritize these like little things for me, but I don't feel like I'm drowning. And I do feel like it's definitely worth it in the end. Both Sarah and Jessica are able to maintain their two jobs because of remote work. Had these jobs been both in person, it's likely they wouldn't have been able to pull it off. I asked what kind of tips and tricks they had for balancing two jobs at once. Top priority is like, You've got to be super careful with your calendar and your email, like as much as you can has to go to one place. So like had to make sure that my one phone had all my email and that it was, you know, feeding all of my appointments to the same spot. So I wasn't missing any details. Um, And then, you know, first thing you do when you get up is you check all three or all, you know, all of your different places for like what emails have come through, what what calendar appointments have moved. Um, And you got to do that before you go to bed too, no matter what time you go to bed and probably throughout the day. I am, I feel like a little bit more old school in the sense that like, I really do just write everything down. Um, I have a notebook for my full-time recruiting job. And with that, just, I keep everything basically just like literally write the date down, write what I have to do. Um, and I'm very, I guess, list oriented. So like checking things off being like, okay, I did this. Um, with golf, I do the exact same thing, just <laughs> in a different notebook and just kind of go through what I need to do. I I meet with my direct manager at the recruiting agency. Probably, I, I'd say we talk every other day, whereas with golf, I talk to them maybe once every two weeks. We communicate pretty much via Slack. Um, I don't join team meetings, things like that. So with the recruiting agency, it's much more hands-on and 
I know exactly what I need to do using like things like Outlook Calendar, writing things down for meetings. But with golf, it's a little bit more hands-off. And so I kind of structure my day and definitely utilize lists <laughs> to, to stay on top of things. The one thing though is I'd say in the last like two months or so, I started taking on additional tasks because it started mostly with just email. And then they asked me more so to pivot into like a content strategy brand manager type of role. And with that, we've done a lot of like syndicated email partnerships where I am having to actively research and, and reach out to people on more of a either phone or Zoom type of you know meeting standpoint. And so I have to do that a lot, which that's where I'd say the hiccups kind of came in where I'm like, okay, I need to like make sure I'm checking both schedules because I've had meetings where say it's a team meeting with the recruiting agency. I've had things overlap where I'm like, oh shoot, like I can't do that. Like I have to prioritize for me personally, I feel like I have to prioritize my full-time job. And so I do try my best to do that. And with that, I'd say I end up working between nine to 10 to 11 PM Eastern time at night because uh, I'm trying to prioritize that. While Sarah's full-time job is aware of her second job, this is not the case for Jessica. I asked her if she's had any close calls. There certainly were close calls um, just because of how things happen. Um, you know, in one job, I had a manager who was pretty new at managing and would like call last minute meetings. And it's like, dude, I can't, I can't be a part of that because, you know, and, it, and sometimes it's as simple as like, I'm literally at the dentist or sometimes it's like, I'm at my other job and I can't pick that up. Um, so, you know, I think those close calls definitely, gosh, made you sweat a little bit, made your heart, heart race. But something else that I did that I think was helpful is that as much as I could, I, I was somewhat honest actually with my supervisors when I took each of, of the jobs kind of by saying like, Hey, like I... I'm really interested in this opportunity. I would love to do this on your team. Just so you know, I've got some other commitments that I do throughout the week during X times or Y times. Um, you know, and I just want to be transparent about that. Is that something that works with you? Um, you know, and I read all the contracts really closely and made sure that nothing was terribly out of place or that I couldn't get really in, you know, some some serious trouble. So I think in the back of my mind, knowing, you know, I've been honest with people, they know I'm I'm needing a little more flexibility. Um, was super helpful, but the close calls do happen. And and the thing that I found to be most helpful is just staying on top of that calendar and communicating as much as you can. When you're double dipping with two jobs, it can seem tricky to give 100% effort at both jobs. I asked Sarah and Jessica whether they would consider themselves a great, adequate, or barely their employee when it comes to your quality of work on both roles. For Sarah, she doesn't see a decrease of quality in both roles. I do feel I'm, I'm a strong employee. I am, I'd say the time management aspect of how I work is very like, I'm a little bit anal about time and like getting things done. And if that means working later or adapting to someone else's schedule, because both for the recruiting agency and golf, everybody's West Coast based. So I usually do end up kind of putting in that extra time on the later end of the day which is fine, but I do think I fall in line with the great employee because I'm not missed. I'm not missing deadlines. And then things like email performance on the golf side have obviously gone up conversion sales. So it's everything's going well <laughs> on that end. For Jessica, it's all about choosing where to give her best effort. I think that I had to choose which employee to be at which job, which I think was another hard thing. I think, you know, when I think about how to make this whole thing work, it goes back a lot to mindset. So I had to just kind of accept that I couldn't be, you know, a rock star at each one. So I think there's definitely one job, the in-person job, where I think I was, um, I was a really strong contributor. I was actually promoted in that role. 
while doing all these other things. So I think I was I was strong there. And then in my other role, I would say I was adequate, but I also don't think that it was noticed that I wasn't at my max performance um, because I tried to get a pretty good gauge for like, what did I need to do? I think what's hard is you look at a project or an assignment you're given, you're like, gosh, I really should have done X, Y, Z. Like I know how to max that out and I didn't. But being able to be like, you know, it, it does what it needs to do and there's room to fix it if I need to or not everything can be an A plus and an A is just fine. One of the things I was most curious about was free time. Did they have any free time to unwind or do anything besides work? Based on the two different schedules, I had about five hours on Friday, all of Saturday, and then five hours on Sunday. So you're looking at, you know, a little bit of time. And I think that's that's where the rubs so is about 22 hours a week where you're not sleeping, that you actually have that's free. That got considerably more challenging once things, you know, once vaccines came out and once things started opening up for COVID and people are doing more activities and they're celebrating their birthdays and their weddings. And, you know, it used to be 22 hours where I could like actually just find neutral and not work. And instead it was 22 hours where you're like going to be social. I lean a little bit more introverted as well. So, so that, that was really challenging, that switch. I would say during the week, I very rarely have free time. In the last, it comes and goes, of course, like there's lulls on random days, whatever it is. But I'd say I start my day around 7 a.m. Eastern time and then work until probably about between 9 to 11 p.m. at night. And I'll take breaks. I'm not just sitting here <laughs> with my head down working, but I usually end up working late. And so because of that, it, I did have to kind of find a balance, especially with taking on more hours. So what I would try to do is just kind of restructure my day. So wake up early, get a head start on the recruiting tasks that I had to do for that job, whether it be email or social posts, just getting that done before my boss comes online helps me stay ahead. And then having like a firm stop between three and four, depending on what I have to do for golf and just keeping it from roughly three to four to like 7 p.m. So I have those like firm hours in the day. That definitely helped both like for me organizationally in my mind and also just securing those two to three hours a day, Monday through Friday to actually get golf done is super helpful. I was doing a lot more of the freelance golf work on the weekend, uh, but that's not enjoyable. I really do try to, especially when the weather is nice, I try to like keep my weekends as free as possible. And I think that has definitely helped with having those like firm hours, stopping at a certain time with full time and then starting with the freelance work as like those specified later hours definitely helps. Remote work allows me to do that. I feel like in an office, a lot of the day was performative in a way where you're sitting at a desk and you're, you know, you're looking at your screen, you're doing things. And while I do have plenty to keep me busy, given I oversee quite a bit with with the recruiting agency, it's definitely at the point where I'm like, okay, I can do more golf because I don't have to do something and someone's not sitting behind me or sitting next to me being like, what are you doing? As I mentioned earlier, Jessica's boss didn't know the full extent of her full-time job. Like the fact that she had an entire other W-2 job with full benefits and the whole nine. However, she did confide in some coworkers. I think I was more honest with some coworkers, especially at the in-person jobs just because things come up, you know, and, um, and, you know, coworkers are fun and you need to have those relationships to get through. So, you know, I was able to confide in some folks and it was helpful. And it was also interesting to like, I mean, part of it is just like seeing two different work environments at the same time and two different team structures and how they're both dealing with all sorts of crazy stuff from the pandemic and just from the regular work. So, you know, a lot of those reflections are really fun to kind of bounce off of your coworkers. So I think coworkers probably had a pretty, well, 
a better picture of the full extent of my role. And my my bosses knew that I had other stuff going on. And it was also an understanding of like, if it becomes, if it comes to a place where I can't juggle both and I'm, you know, being a detriment to this team, then I need to make a choice. So, you know, and that made me feel again, a lot better about managing the anxiety and the expectations and, you know, what happens when you get in a pinch. The structure of both of Sarah's companies allowed her to be very transparent about taking on a second job. Not only that, but she was able to leverage her second job into getting a higher salary. (laughs) Everybody that I work with knows I have a pretty close relationship with my boss at the recruiting agency. And I'd say it's definitely more of like a partnership than like a, a boss, just a superior relationship, which is definitely very helpful. When I started, I was pretty upfront in the fact that I said, you know, these guys contacted me. It's a a small e-commerce startup. It's not going to interfere with what I'm doing at our company. But if it does, like if you see any drop in productivity on my end, please tell me. Um, And so with that, I was able to be super open with her because I obviously would not want to drop the ball on that end. And with the golf company, they know that I am working a full-time job. They are also all working full-time jobs, which definitely does help. In the last six months or so, three of our like co-founder leaders, they quit their full-time jobs, but they are still super understanding of you know, me being in a meeting or me not being able to join things, which is really helpful. I was able to use my pay with the golf company as leverage for a higher salary with, with my full-time job because I was (laughs) severely underpaid. So uh, it was basically kind of like, I'm not going to stay here and do this knowing I can make more elsewhere. And so this was like two weeks ago. (laughs) They were like, okay, like we'll keep you. (laughs) But it is definitely helpful to like reassess your worth in a sense that other people are definitely willing to pay. And it kind of sparked that, like I could do more of this. I don't have to just have a full-time job. I could have multiple side hustle type of jobs. But yeah, I use that as leverage. And I think it's important for other people to do. Speaking of salary, one of the main benefits of taking on two jobs is the spike in salary. I asked both of our double dippers how their income has changed since taking on two jobs. In 2020, I was unemployed for five months and my take home was 120,000 with the two combined. I picked up one job in June and one job in July. So in 2021, I was able to get a pretty substantial promotion at one of those jobs. So, you know, if I hold these jobs through the year, then in 2021, I'll make 205,000. So, you know, that was a huge, a huge benefit there. And in terms of benefits, you know, I, I ended up getting benefits at both jobs because, you know, originally when I took on the additional job, I was like, I don't know which one of these will stick. I don't know which one, you know, will will be gone if it will. And, and also, I think you have to kind of be honest with yourself. Like when you're double dipping, your your number could get called at any time. You know, like you could lose your job, you could get fired and it's fair. So you, you kind of have to have safety nets where you can. Um, so I got medical benefits at both, which worked out because I have a certain um, medicine that is super beneficial for me to have once a month. One insurance wouldn't cover it, you know, appealed, appealed, wouldn't cover it. And I could use the other insurance for that. So, you know, was able to kind of think through that strategically. To be honest though, you don't have a lot of extra mental capacity. So I'm sure I could have maxed out having two medical benefits much better. I just, I didn't have the bandwidth and that's just something you just kind of say fine too. I think I, I could definitely lose one of these and live on just one of the salaries. I think um, that each one is about the salary that I was at before. And now, especially with having paid off debt, I, you know, I would have much more flexible income. I haven't changed my rent. I haven't gotten a new car. Like I haven't made any big life changes. 
I do think that in the process, you know, I did a whole lot more meal delivery. You know, I, I did a whole lot more like impulse buying online just because part of my survival plan for juggling all of this was like, you need what you need. You're making X number, you know, in order to make extra money, you're going to have to spend a small percent on what it takes for you to survive this physically. So, you know, I do think like if I drop down to one salary, like, yeah, I'll think about those choices more, you know, like I won't get delivery as often. I won't order multiple apps. You know, I I think I'll be less of of a like a flesh creature, you know, like driven by my needs and wants. But I didn't I didn't make any choices where like and now I must have these two salaries in order to to make it. So all in with both jobs it's like I'd say probably closer to like 120,000, which is pretty a good bump. The raise that I was able to get from the full-time job was over 20, it was about 22%, which is definitely higher than would be, I guess, traditional raise. But again, I had to kind of fight for that in the sense that I had to have an uncomfortable conversation being like, I know, like, I just, I'm, I'm aware I'm being well underpaid and like doing the job of three people here on top of another job. So that needs to change. For many people, the money might be worth having two jobs, but there are many pros and cons. I asked Jessica and Sarah whether they would recommend double dipping to another person. Yeah, definitely. I think it allows you to grow personally and professionally a lot. For me, at the you know recruiting agency I'm working, I have been working with the same exact people for the most part for the last almost nine years. And this gave me a, you know, a completely new perspective. Um, I'm working with a group of all men on one end and then all women on the other. And it's just like a much younger, more fun environment with the golf team. And because of that, it's it's taught me also just, you know, how to like manage myself completely on my own. If I have a question, for example, I'm usually told to watch a YouTube video, which I'm like, okay. (laughs) Whereas at the recruiting agency, it's like, okay, let's do it this way. We're going to do it, you know, X, Y, and Z. So it's definitely a lot more of like a skill building side hustle, which is great. It's teaching me how to do things that I had no idea how to do. But yes, I would I would definitely recommend it. And not just, I mean, from a financial standpoint, that's not even something that crosses my mind. It's more so like skill building. I think under the right conditions, absolutely. I think you have to accept the risk and the ambiguity. At least, you know, the job has to be right and like your mentality has to be right. You have to make sure that you've got the right ingredients and that you have the right mindset walking in of knowing I can manage this risk. I can, you know, kind of breathe through some of these moments. And how can I also make sure that I'm cutting myself slack? You know, if you're an overachiever or if you're like someone who's really adherent to rules and and doing your part, the to-do list is never going to get done really when you're double dipping, at least in my experience, if if they're both like two full jobs, you've just got to be okay with doing the best you can and saying, Hey, I did everything I could. I was as organized as I could be like, this is what I got. So I would, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's been a really cool experience again, like being able to see two totally different workplaces, navigating their regular work plus the pandemic work has been really cool. I feel like in, in a lot of ways I've gotten to live, you know, multiple careers at once, which is really interesting. But yeah, I think you got to be honest with yourself about how you like to work and what will make you comfortable. And at the end of the day, I think I have to step back and look at, you know, why am I doing this? And originally it was like to get out of the red, to feel like you're stable, you know, and I think that I've gotten those pieces of my life, you know, I've paid off all of the debt that makes you just want to pull your hair out. And I've got a really good, you know, safety net going. So I think, you know, the urgency for like, you got to grind while you can isn't quite there anymore. And you've got to start stepping back. For me, it was less about anxiety and more like 
um, I noticed that I had like, you know, when you're walking in kind of new shoes, one of my heels had like kicked the inside of my ankle. And like weeks later, I still had that mark and it wasn't healing like it normally would just because whether or not I was quote unquote, okay during the day, like my body was like, you are not okay. You know, you are, you are not getting the rest that you need. Um, and so I, I have to listen to that. You know, it's, it's more than feeling tired. It's like your body's really not healing. And here's a visual reminder of that. And also, you know, like your friends will love you and your family will love you through your hustle, but you've also got to make time for that. And when you've got 22 hours a week and people got stuff to do, you need more than that if you're really going to make sure your quality of life is right. So I feel like I definitely got to a place where I was like very focused and very like nose to the grind. And I had to pull myself out of that and be like, okay, let's reassess. Like, are we still in the same landscape we were in when we began? Yes or no. And how do we need to adjust? So yeah, I, I think I think a change in pace is, is definitely needed. In the end, I've learned that not all double dipping is created equal. And I've even softened my stance on whether this is something I'd be okay with as an employee or an employer. Throughout my research, I learned that most people took on double dipping for genuine reasons, like a layoff or wanting to have something that was more engaging for them. And I also learned that in the end, most double dippers didn't plan to do it long-term. They saw it more as a way to speed up their way to whatever goal they wanted to hit, like paying off debt or transitioning careers. I'd be so curious to hear what are your thoughts on double dipping and this episode in general. Please consider rating us and leaving us a review. We really appreciate your support and you can let me know. Do you agree with double dipping? Do you hate it? Do you want to see more episodes like this? You can leave it all in your review.